Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. To fast or not to fast, is that really the question? Today we are going to look at the biblical definition of fasting in the context of both the Old and the New Testament. Let us remember that God does everything out of love to empower us to receive and believe. He reaches down to the lowest point of humanity to raise us up. He works with our lack of faith, the pride of our flesh and even any false belief. All he requires is a willing mind and an open heart. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we surrender our preconceived ideas of what we think fasting is and why we should fast. By your Spirit, may we open up our hearts and minds to receive a greater revelation of you, of your love, of your truth, and of your power. Have your way today. Anoint the words that come forth from your word and let them go deep in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us begin with the biblical definition of fasting. It literally means to cover over the mouth, to abstain from food. In the Old Testament, It was a time when people did not hear directly from God and fasting was a symbolic practice of denying the flesh or self of food in order to seek God, to seek his will. It was also used at a time when people were rebellious. They knew the condition of their heart was corrupt and they had chosen to be distant from God. Therefore, fasting was often linked to a change of mind and a renewed desire to connect with God. Especially in times of conflict and battle, they wanted to know that God was with them. Let us look at the context of some of the verses where fasting occurred in the Old Testament. Ezra chapter 8 verse 21 Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. As the nation Israel continued to rebel against God, inwardly in their hearts they turned away. But there was always a remnant, a small group of individuals who chose to be one with God. Ezra was one such individual. He called a fast to seek God's will. Nehemiah was another. He mourned for the rebellious people. For him, fasting was linked with the confession that they had turned away from God and needed a change of thought to return to him. Queen Esther's fasting was associated with mourning, which was common throughout the surrounding nations of ancient East. She was the wife to the king 
and an edict was sent out that all the people of Jewish blood would be slaughtered. She was of Jewish blood. And upon hearing this news, all the Jews mourned and fasted. The prophet Isaiah received a deep revelation of God in his heart for the people. But the rebellious people fasted in an attempt to manipulate God and get what their flesh wanted. This was a corruption of the religious practice that was brought in to help them receive and believe in him. They were blinded by their own selfish pride, not able to see their own hypocrisy. They declared to God, we have fasted, why have you not seen and acted? Let us read God's reply as he pours out his heart to the people. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 5 to 8. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush, or to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him, and not hide yourselves from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Powerful words indeed. God goes right to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Another prophet, Jeremiah, calls a day for fasting for the rebellious people so they can prepare their hearts to receive the word of God. Once again, the condition of their heart is the heart of the matter. Daniel in exile fasted and mourned for the rebellious people. He identified with the shame of ancient Israel. Out of his heart condition of humility before God, in that time of mourning, Daniel received a prophecy of the future hope. Daniel did not receive this prophecy because he fasted. He received the prophecy because God so loves. God entrusted Daniel to write down the prophecy for all to hear and read. Even today, God's words and prophecy continue to bring encouragement. God revealed to Daniel and to us his heart. He promised he will eradicate evil and judge humanity's kingdoms that set themselves up against him. For he is good, just, and so loves. In the book of Joel, fasting is linked to weeping and mourning over the people's rejection of God. 
as God's desire is that no one should perish. His heart breaks for the lost and the found. His heart breaks for the lost in that he wills them to come to him so that they can be found and free. His heart breaks for the found for those to live in the fullness of him, to be truly free. In the New Testament, the context of fasting, Jesus speaks into the Jewish mindset about the condition of their heart. They had turned the religious act of fasting into a prideful exhibition. Jesus' response to the prideful religious was that when you fast, it is to be between you and God and should be done in private. Jesus went to the heart of the matter, the matter of their heart. They were abstaining from food to feed their prideful flesh with self-glory, glorifying in their ability to deny their flesh. Jesus exposes the deceptions of their flesh and heart. Let us look in detail another instance when fasting is mentioned in the New Testament. The situation was that Jesus had already given his disciples his power and authority to cast out demons and cure diseases. This is a very important key point to remember. Therefore, Jesus sent them out on a training mission to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. They went through the towns preaching the good news and healing everywhere. Upon return, they excitedly reported that even the demons were subject to his name. As they journeyed with Jesus, they had already seen and experienced his miracles. The time had come for Jesus and his Father in heaven to reveal more of their glory. Three of the twelve went with Jesus up the mountaintop. As intimacy comes from spending time together in that secret place, away from the crowds and constant distractions. At the same time when they were experiencing intimacy with Jesus and God the Father up on the mountain, another drama was taking place with the nine down in the valley. A desperate parent had brought his epileptic son to the nine disciples to be cured. Sadly, the disciples in the valley could not cure him. And this is a very vivid picture of a powerless church. Disciples knowing of Jesus, doing life with him, thinking they are diligently following him, yet experiencing no transformation within. As a result, they are spiritually dry. Even though they are in relationship with Jesus, they remain in bondage to their flesh. The disciples had been arguing amongst themselves as to who was the greatest. At times they even forbid children to be blessed by Jesus and wanted to bring down divine judgment upon an irresponsive village. The nine disciples could not heal the boy. Conflict and chaos arose. The father of the boy, his only son, remained desperate. Amongst accusations and unbelief, scepticism and cynicism, failure and shame, Jesus comes down from the mountain and everything changes. 
Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 21. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This passage is not primarily about prayer and fasting. However, Jesus does link fasting to their flesh and unbelief. Remember, they had been given the power and authority to cast out demons, yet they had not surrendered their flesh of selfish desires and ambitions. They were leaning on their own ability that they had been given by God, knew they'd been given by God, instead of leaning and trusting on the one who gave them that ability. Trusting in the one whose name and identity the demons have to bow. Prayer and fasting in this context is earnestly engaging with the living God, being one with him, and by implication in a heart and mind condition of surrender of self-will. No, his will is to deliver the demon out of the boy. His will is to heal. His will is to set the captives free. All we do should come from a place of surrender of the flesh in worship and wonder of him according to his will. Remember, Jesus came down from the mountaintop, a place where his Father, God our Father in heaven, spoke to the three disciples who were there in his presence. Jesus also includes fasting in his statement about the kind of bondage that the boy needed to be free from. The disciples needed to be free from the bondage of their flesh, trusting in God instead of themselves, and be intimate and one with him. Jesus is speaking to their lowest point of need to help them believe and receive so they can live in the fullness of his identity, power and authority that he had already given them. In the early church, fasting and prayer was also very closely linked to serving the Lord by ministering to others. Our relationship with him and our relationship with others cannot be separated. Acts chapter 13 verse 2 to 3. 
As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. To prepare their hearts for the sending out of Barnabas and Saul, they fasted and prayed. They heard from God and followed his will. God reached down to their point of need, and as they ministered to him by ministering to others, his will was done. Remember, God does everything because he so loves to help us receive and believe in the fullness of him. Do we need to fast to hear from him? No. But when we do fast, let it be for the right reasons. Prayer and fasting is not to get God to do what we want. It's not declaring things of self-will into existence. It is seeking him and his will, his face out of a place of worship, knowing him and his heart, and as a result, trusting in him. Trusting in who he is and who we are in him and what he wants to do in us and through us. Do we need to fast to be free of the bondage of the flesh? No. Seek his will. Seek his face. Surrender to him. But if it helps you be free, fast, seeking him. To summarise, in the Old Testament, fasting was a religious practice to help break the bondage of the flesh and to seek God's will in the time when people did not hear from him. They did not even want to be with him. In the New Testament, fasting is hardly mentioned. Jesus says to the religious that when you do fast, it is to be intimate and between you and God. It is something to be done in private. Jesus also mentions fasting in the context of the flesh and his nine disciples who were not with him on the mountain. They were in the valley unable to cast out the demon in the boy. Human effort and religious striving cannot accomplish the work of God. They cannot change the heart and mind of self or others. However, God uses everything to help us receive and believe the fullness of him and his victory over our flesh. Through journeying with him, knowing his heart and will, worshipping and honouring him in surrender to him, by his spirit the bondage of flesh or self is broken. So the question is not to fast or not to fast, but why do you fast? The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. For more information and free resources, visit our website jesuslovestheworld.info Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.